Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, June 23rd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Frank Clark has been arrested twice this offseason for gun possession charges, both times in Los Angeles, and he was in a car both times. The latest incident occurred on Sunday. On today's show, Chiefs beat writer Sam McDowell, who is covering the story for The Star, reviews the news and breaks down what might be next for the defensive end who has spent two years with the Chiefs. We discuss the NFL's personal conduct policy and where things can go from here for Clark. So let's get started. On Monday, Herbie Teope and I joked that with minicamp over and training camp off in the distance that the only thing left to report on the Chiefs were arrests. Ha, ha, ha. You know, as if there would be any. Little did we know that not only would there be one, but there had already been one. And just just the day before, and Sam McDowell, as you discovered, there had been two uh, arrests of Frank Clark. And um, I, I, I want you to, I want to start by having you take us through the um, the arrest and uh, where Frank Clark was, what uh, what the charges are, and then and then we'll talk about what where he and the Chiefs go from here. Yeah, sure. Um, so he was he was arrested initially in March on March 13th in West Carson, California, which is south of LA. Um, and well, let's start off by saying both of these cases have a lot of similarities to them. Both yeah. of these incidents, in the in the sense that he was in a vehicle. Um, now, in the March arrest, um, they would not tell us whether he was driving or whether or not the other guy who was arrested was driving. But in both cases, he's in a vehicle. That vehicle's pulled over for some sort of code violation. And then during the process of that traffic stop, the officer says, an officer says that. He spots a gun in the back seat sticking out of a duffel bag, searches the car and finds a, a weapon, um, which is illegal under California law. It's a, it's a, it's a felony. Um, so in, in the March arrest, he's in West, Ca- West Carson, California, which is south of L.A. Um, and they end up finding two loaded guns, uh, a handgun and a rifle. Um, he's, he's with a, another gentleman, uh, Charles Phillips Smith. And just on Sunday, he's arrested under similar circumstances in which he's, he's pulled over for another vehicle code violation. Um, this is in LA, just south of downtown. And officers claim that they observed an, an Uzi, according to uh, a spokesperson for the LAPD. And he's arrested again. And in both cases, he's released on 35,000 bond. Um, so, like I said, a lot of similarities but, but between the two. Yeah, there are. Um, for the, the, the very first of which is somebody is having issues driving because whether he drove, whether he was in the driver's seat the first time or his, uh, the other person, um, they, they did something to, to get pulled. And, and he was driving the second time, correct? And um, and he did something to get pulled. So um, that's, it, it, you know, to, to be stopped twice since, you know, in the last three, three or four months means uh, driving uh, skills. I don't know if what we, it wasn't a routine check, you know, that, um, you know, a traffic stop or something like that. But the other more obvious thing is 
the, the gun in the car, the guns in the, the, the first um, incident and then the, the, the Uzi in the second incident were exposed. They were in sight. Um, if, if that had not been the case, if, if the bag had been zipped up in both cases, if the guns weren't obvious or could not be seen, we wouldn't be we wouldn't have this conversation, would we? Yeah, I mean, um, if the if the guns had been in the trunk, for example, uh, I will say it's, it's going to be important for us to point out that we haven't heard Frank Clark's side of, of what happened. Well, we that's, already, that's right. Yeah, we are reading from police reports. And um, so th this is the in one case, it's California Highway Patrol in the March arrest. In the other case, it's LAPD's um, version of the events and and Sunday's arrest. So um, there, there are two different cars. Um, so the, the, there's a there's a Supra, a Toyota 1993 Toyota Supra in the March <laughs> one that, and it was pulled over for not having a um, allegedly not having a, a front license plate, and. So then the uh, the one on Sunday, LAPD would just would just tell us that it was a, a code violation, a vehicle code violation, and would not um, elaborate beyond that. But that that was you know the Lamborghini SUV that that he was driving in that case, and they do say he was driving in that case. Um, they would like I said they wouldn't tell us. Uh, California Highway Patrol would not tell us if he was driving in March. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up. So it wasn't, it was code basically uh, not having a license plate and then a code violation, not, not poor driving or right. uh, so right. that wasn't a traffic stop or anything. Right. Like it that. wasn't speeding or something like that. Okay. Okay. Good, good to know. And um, we're, we're sharing uh, the, the information that is available to us through public records, uh, you know, requests. And, and you spoke to a, uh, was it an LAPD spokesperson yesterday or recently, right, Sam? Correct. You know, for the Sunday arrest, you know, it, we, we deal with this, Blair, because we're on the state line. So we understand that not every department do, does it the same. So we, we try and get records from Missouri and it's a completely different process than getting them from Kansas. Um, you know, so we are dealing with two different jurisdictions here. So the LAPD on Sunday's arrest, uh, the, the way that they do it is they won't give you any documents, but they'll read some stuff to you. Um, and the, uh, in, in the case of March, we actually have the arrest report and it's, it, it's labeled that, um, you know, I was told it's actually more like a summary of the arrest report, you know, cause, because they, they redact some of the stuff that they gather during the arrest and then they release a portion to you, but the portion does have, you know, the, the details of what happened. And those are the details that, that we've mentioned here. They all come from that arrest report from the California highway patrol. You know, and I, I don't know my, and I don't know if many people know their gun laws that differ from state to state, right? But as you mentioned earlier, uh, what the, um, the the reason that Clark was was uh, was arrested was because he violated California law. I don't know if he would have, if in the same circumstance he would have violated Missouri or Kansas law with um, you know with with the with the uh, guns in the in the car do you know that no i don't know the answer to that i've definitely seen people comment on that and, and have a take about whether or not this should or should not be illegal or something that you're arrested for and especially particularly charged with a felony um all i know is that it, it is illegal in, in california and um there's actually a case going on right now that um 
there, I think it's up to their appeals court that as far as whether or not an, an Uzi is illegal, regardless, wherever you're carrying it, whether it's in your home, wherever in California. And like I said, there's some interpretations of the law that some people think that's not the case. And that's what's in court right now. Um, but, you know, the, the actual code that, that he violated, you know, is, is in both cases um, uh, in California law is, is 25400A1. And that literally says a person is guilty of carrying a concealed firearm when the person does any of the following. And like I said, his is number one on this list, um, carries concealed within any vehicle that is under the person's control. Um, so that's, that's what, you know, the, the arresting, uh, charge was there. So, well, while you've got the, uh, California law book out, what, what is the, what, what's, what's the code for bad judgment? Because that's, that's what we're really dealing with here for it to happen a second time. I mean, for, it shouldn't have happened the first time, but once it did, um, aren't, isn't, you know, and we're, we're now we're, you know, we're out of the realm of fact and now just talking about this. But once it happens the first time, is should that register that, uh, you know, you, you've gotten in trouble, you've, you've been arrested for uh, possession, and uh, don't you learn the lesson from that and not, not do it a second time? Yeah, you, and I, I wonder if that's what, um, even beyond what we might think, what the NFL might, might view this as, you know, we have talked to Brian McCarthy, their spokesperson, who says that they are going to review this under their personal conduct policy, which which is just the standard statement that we receive from the NFL and these sorts of things. Um, we received this, the, the same statement three months ago when when the, the Britt Reid incident happened uh, the week of the Super Bowl. But um, I wonder if certainly they're going to view this differently if, if both of these cases um, – if, if he ends up being officially charged um, in both of these incidents, you know, the NFL has a different standard than, uh, you know, the, the court process does. Hypothetically, let's say that Frank Clark pleads these down. Um, the NFL is still going to say, we're going to look at the evidence on our own and, and then decide whether or not we suspend them. And so um, I, I would absolutely think that your point, Blair, as far as the two instead of one is going to make a difference with them. I think so too, to be honest with you. Um, the the uh, I, I was trying to find some some history of uh, of NFL player suspensions for for gun violations, and um, you know there was a there was an incident a couple of uh, years ago with a running back, Alex Collins, who was suspended for for three games. He was a running back for I believe the Ravens. But he also um, he was charged. He had possession of marijuana and possession of a handgun charge, and he only got probation from that. I should say only he was you know eighteen months probation from that, but was suspended for three games. Um, there have been other, uh, you know I think you know the Chiefs' own DeAndre Baker was involved with uh, you know with with a gun charge. Yeah, his was his was uh, an armed robbery that was eventually dropped, dismissed. Uh, I think right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've gone through those, that list as well. And the difficulty is there's not like an exact apples to apples comparison with what Frank Clark's going through. Like you just mentioned with Alex Collins, there, a, a lot of, a lot of guys have, have had this charge, but then there's also something extra to it. And it's hard to say which part of it that the NFL weighed more heavily whenever they levied a suspension. Yeah. 
and, and as you said, if it were just the one, may, you know, we, we would uh, uh, maybe look, be, be looked at differently by the NFL. And let's make that clear, too. The Chiefs don't suspend players. The NFL suspends players. This will um, it's, it's a disciplinary, um, basically, a, a, a council of the NFL, and they'll come up with the potential suspension for, for Frank Clark. But, yeah, the second time, I think, gives, gives the NFL – more to consider here than what might have happened if it were just the, the March incident. Absolutely. Um, so we didn't know about the March incident, Sam, until you did a little digging after the, after TMZ reported the original story. And so I wondered if, first of all, I, I just, uh, we're just have, we're having a guess here because even if you ask the chiefs a point blank question, they won't answer it. But did the chiefs know about the first, do you think the chiefs knew about the first incident? Yeah. You know um, I don't know the answer to that um, officially. I do think it's possible that they did not. Um, you know, when we asked them for comment about the second, it, it, it's kind of funny because like you mentioned, these are flipped. We knew about, the, the second incident is what became public first um, when TMZ reported that on Monday. And we reached out to the Chiefs on that, and they said they were aware of the matter, but they weren't going to have a comment on it. Um, and then in the process, like you mentioned, Blair, of, of trying to gather documents to, to get more information about that arrest, I discovered that there was a previous one in March. So, of course, we go back to the Chiefs and say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to update your comment because, you know, your comment only applied to the to the Sunday's arrest. And um, they then said that they didn't have a comment at all. And so mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't know that we should read anything into that at all. But that's just the order of events that, that came about with the Chiefs. And um, I do think it's possible that just just knowing how they operate that it's possible we don't receive a comment on them until we get to training camp in a month. That's well, that's right. Um, and, you know, Frank Clark, you know, will be there and he, he spoke to the media just, was it not this past week, maybe the week before. And yeah. Yeah. He was one of the very last guys we spoke to about, I mean, he, you know, the nature of his conversation was he was spending the entire offseason just just concentrating on football. And, um, of course, he, he didn't come to the voluntary workouts. They are voluntary, He does, which literally means he didn't have to come. Um, but he didn't come to the voluntary workouts uh, early portion of the offseason. But he, he said during that press conference that all he was doing in the offseason was, was concentrating on football. Okay. You know, the, the – I'm careful. I'm trying to be careful here with what, what we say and how we say it. Um, the, 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 the chiefs don't haven't been, at least during the Andy Reid era, a, an organization that, um, uh, that uses incidents like this to make personnel decisions, right? They, they don't, um, the player gets in trouble. They, you know, they, they, they stand by, they tend to stand by the player and, um, and, and help them in any way. That's, listen, you know, admirable quality, I think, for the organization. So I'm wondering about Frank Clark's future here with, with the Chiefs. You know, he's, he's, a, um, he's an expensive player who probably has not lived up to his contract except, except for his postseason play. And that's, you know, especially two years ago in the Super Bowl victory run, it was exemplary. So... Um, I, 
you know, you, you mentioned training camp and, and I look, he'll, I, I think he'll be there. Right. And no reason to think he, he won't be. And then when the season begins, whether he is serving a suspension or not, and even that, um, you know, might not, you know, might not come into play just because I think I read in your story, the, the court appearance or he's, there's a court date set for what mid October, I believe. Right. On the second charge or on the, on the, on the second incident, I should say. Yeah. On the second yeah. Um, but you know, we obviously Kareem Hunt was was a, a yeah, eventually released. You're right. But the that stuff I, I feel like is dictated by a lot of times information that we don't have. Um, the Chiefs are obviously going to have more information on these two arrests, but also they're going to have the order of events here, which is what they knew and when they knew it, and that became uh, a, a key thing in the Kareem Hunt. Absolutely. Yep. So um, that's that's information that we're not going to be privy to. That's going to be weighed pretty heavily, I think, in their decision about what to do with Frank Clark. Yeah, that's a good point, Sam. Kareem Hunt basically was dishonest with the Chiefs about right. his incident, and that was uh, that wasn't going to be tolerated by by Clark Hunt and the organization. So off seasons off to a flying start for the Chiefs. This is usually the year the the time of year when you know media creates lists and turns those into stories and rankings and those become stories. And some of those are, you know, interesting. Heck we we'll do it. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll have our own. I mean, I've, I've seen um, Patrick Mahomes, what was he on Chris Sims list of um, you know, the best was best quarterbacks. Um, NBC was touting that earlier this week and um came up Patrick Mahomes came up number three on a, on a list of clutch players behind uh, Aaron Rodgers. I forgot who number two was, but Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey also in the top 10. Uh, what um, have, have any of those lists or rankings caught your attention? And uh, um, what, what do you think of? That must've been a real honor for, uh, for Patrick Mahomes to be in the top five. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> of any list really yeah yeah uh you know i'm not big into those lists unless they're written by our our own uh blair kirkhoff and pete gradoffs um that we get uh our, our hoffs uh that we get uh you guys we had a ton of those last summer and then, um i don't i don't want to spoil it but it seems like you guys got a couple coming and when i say i don't want to spoil it i mean i'm not going to put you guys on a deadline um, so that if I mention it, you feel like it's got to come out next week. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you're right. We are the um, we are the list. The Hoffmeisters are the listmeisters. And uh, you know what's incredible is either you or, or Pete usually send out like something to the rest of the staff on, hey, do we make sure we're not forgetting stuff? And I always reply, but then I read the actual list and I'm like, well, God, I forgot three fourths of these. But <laughs> so. <laughs> Somehow you guys haven't left one off yet, and maybe I should knock on wood when I say that. So you know, when you when you come up with the best, what whatever the, the best players in Royals history, and I'm throwing that one out there because I know that's not one you're doing. Um, you know, somehow forget George Brett or something. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past us. <laughs> yeah, Pete, or put it past me. Pete would catch it, but that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, all right, so I, you know, we talked to Herbie as I mentioned on on Monday and got Herbie's impressions of, of minicamp and really the, the entire, what I like to call spring football. Uh, I didn't get your impressions though. What, um, just generally speaking, 
you know, the news that you know, the, the Chiefs didn't make any news through minicamp. Uh, the news came, of course, the, the, the Monday after. But I, I don't know. I think it was, as I was mentioning to Herbie, it was, it, you know, they, they got they, they accomplished what they wanted to. Right. Or at least when they say that they did, we have no reason to believe that's not the case. Yeah. You know, my top impression of, of minicamp is actually um, uh, selfish for, for us. But it was I, I thought it was great just to be able to watch practice again. Um, it's the first time that since uh, they limited who was at training camp last year, I didn't go to training camp um, and they didn't have many camps. So it's the first time in over a year that I've actually been at a cheese practice. And it was great. I mean, it, it was 95 degrees a couple of the days I went and you're out there for an hour and a half. And I, I still just really enjoyed being out there. So um, it makes me look forward to training camp, of course, when those practices are eight in the morning instead of one in the afternoon. But um you know, player-wise, you know, obviously you're looking at at the rookies. Um, you know, Trey Smith is getting – I know we're not allowed to say who's who's lining up with which personnel group, but um, I think we are allowed to say that, that Trey Smith is getting a lot of reps. Um, you know, he's just on the field a lot. Um, so I think he's a guy that, that's particularly intriguing, especially as the storyline of the offseason has been this offensive line. And um, right. it's – it's just funny because we we were writing about Blair there how much they had overhauled the offensive line before the draft. Now in June, I'm thinking that potentially two rookies could factor in, into this. You know, even despite all all the signings that they've had, I think Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, the, a couple of the guys that they got, you know, in, in May in the draft could could wind up being factors for this team. I think Trey Smith was Herbie's surprise starter um, for, for game one. So that, that would be a, a, a surprise based on where he was drafted and kind of his, his history, the history of injuries for him. So that's uh, so it's absolutely something to keep an eye on. Um, how about the, the, the one sort of business item that remains is the Tyron Matthew contract extension but the last impression, of course, was his you know, his comments when he met the media, and what was it he said? I I, I could I, I can't see himself I can't see myself wearing another uniform. I think that's more than the cryptic tweets. Uh, that's the the idea and the notion that we should hang on to when we consider the Tyron Matthew Chiefs relationship. Yeah, you know, we, we've talked to him for three months about this now, or at least two, and it's sort of been a roller coaster when you when you factor in the tweets with his press conferences. But the one consistent thing before last week was I hadn't heard him optimistic. I'd heard him frustrated. I had heard him pessimistic about this. And then last week, it was all optimism. And so, you know, we, we know that they're talking. We know that this is a priority for the Chiefs. You know, it's going to come down to the numbers. And I just, I, I, I still, I know we're getting closer and closer. And I've said this a lot and the days are running out, but I still would be surprised if something's not done before training camp with Tyron Matthew. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. That's been the, the recent history of the Chiefs is to get it done. So there's no, nothing hanging over the, the, the team or the players head going into St. Joe, which is where training camp's going to be. They're returning to St. Joe this uh, this July. 
All right, Sam, it was great catching up with you. And uh, I appreciate, we all appreciate the information on, on Frank Clark. And I know that's a story that you'll continue to follow. We'll continue to follow in the Kansas City Star. So um, appreciate the conversation, Sam. We'll do it again soon. All right, thanks, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Thanks to Sam McDowell for stopping by and talking about the Chiefs and Frank Clark. Links to stories about this incident can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, got another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And, of course, they appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That's KansasCity.com slash Sports Pass 2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage that comes with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.com kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, you send me an email at bkirkhoff at kcstar.com and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening and we'll be back on Thursday with another episode.